This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. Good morning, everybody. Aloha! Ha! Thank you. Um, well, first of all, did everybody get the cards? There's index cards we're handing out. If you didn't get the index cards, raise your hand. Russell will hand them out to you. So if you walked in, you didn't get some. Um, you also want to have a pen in the back of the seats in front of you. There are pens. Have those handy. And while we're passing those out, you know what? There's, there's a scientific evidence that shows that making eye contact and saying to somebody, Ohio gozarimas. You can just say Ohio, it's fine. <laughs> Ohio is, promotes growth hormones and boosts your immune system. So look at somebody next to you, hopefully somebody you don't know, or maybe somebody you need to make. Look at him, smile, big smile, and say Ohio. Ohio means good morning in Japanese. All right. Everybody turn to the cameras now, because Reverend Jane is on vacation in Hawaii. Lucky girl. And she is known for her warm, magical smiles. So we're going to turn to the camera in case Reverend Jane gets to look at this and say, Ohio! Perfect. Good. <laughs> well, this... Be, yes. This talk almost didn't happen because when Jane asked me to do a talk a little while ago, at that time, I was in a slump and I didn't feel like I had anything worth sharing. Has anybody else ever felt that way? <laughs> Normally when she asked me to talk, I'm like, okay, I got a list of things I could talk about. Let me pull one, let's think of one. And at this time I was like, I don't even, I, I don't know. I don't know, I almost said no. I wasn't ready to do a talk again at this point. I've been going through a roller coaster of emotions about feeling lost in my purpose. And although I've come a huge distance over the years, uh, namely seven years ago when I went through a major life depression and unity, Reverend Jane, unity and you, this community, pulled me up to a place where I could not believe I could have gone. I've been so happy, so invigorated about life. And to get to this point where I was starting to feel like, oh, sugar, I'm going down that <laughs> path again. And why? Why? And as Spirit usually works through Reverend Jane and anyone else that actually gives you their sincere feedback, uh, the right answer was to start working on this talk. And we'll discover together that through the process of preparing for this talk, I realized what I was missing. And now I'm back. So I'm good. So don't worry, okay? <laughs> In 1965, I got to meet my Japanese grandparents. We lived in Hawaii. I was born into their arms and my sister Keisha and I were very fortunate. We got to spend a lot of time with grandma and grandpa growing up in Hawaii. Almost every weekend, it seemed like we'd be at their house visiting and hanging out. And it wasn't an obligation, it was a treat for us. My grandfather, which you see here, my dad was an amazing photographer, so I'm lucky to have some really beautiful images. 
uh, at my, I don't know, maybe my first birthday, less. His name was Toyoshi. And Grandpa Toyoshi was a carpenter by trade, and he built the house that my grandparents lived in. They raised my father and his brother and sister, and that we went to play at every weekend. And my grandfather was always busy doing something when we went over to the house. And that's why we loved going there. There was something going on. He was building something with his hands in his workshop with wood. He was fishing. He loved to go fishing. He loved to garden and work in the yard. He was always just puttering around doing something, whether it was going and playing uh, billiards in his billiards table or going bowling with the bowling league and with grandma. He was an active guy. He was quiet, but he was cheerful, always had a smile. He was so kind, and I loved visiting with grandpa. His only bad habit that I was aware of, anyway, was that he smoked. And when I was in college, when I left to go to college uh, from Hawaii to California, he died, and I never got to say goodbye to him. In fact, the last conversation I remember having with Grandpa was when I told him I was going to college to be a fashion designer, and he said, oh, my grandson's going to be a tailor. <laughs> he said, make me a bowling shirt. Make me a bowling shirt. I said, yes, Grandpa, I'll make you a bowling shirt. Um, but I never did, and I regret it. I regretted it my entire life. My grandmother, this is Grandma Miyoko, Jean, as she was called, was an artist, fantastic oil painter. She did fish prints, which is called gyotaku, where you take a fish and you paint it, and then you push it onto rice paper, and then you paint it some more, and it makes these beautiful, beautiful prints. And she loved to do art. She was always doing something artistic at the house. We loved to watch her do this. And then she would take the fish that she, Grandpa caught, paint them, and then cook it up for us for lunch. It was amazing. We had fresh fish, little fishes for lunch. One of my favorite memories of Grandpa and Grandpa fishing is we went out to go walk down the street to the little boat dock, and Grandpa had his boat about, you know, 30 feet out in maybe waist-deep water. And so I thought he was going to go out, get the boat, and bring it in to get Grandma and I to get into the boat. But he walked out there, took the fishing gear, put it in the boat. Then he came wading back, and he goes and he sweeps Grandma off her feet into his arms. And she goes, whoa, my hero. <laughs> and he carries her down into the water and gently places her in the boat. Then he came back, and he got me, and I got on his shoulders. And I'm thinking, this is the strongest man I've ever seen as he just carried us effortlessly into this little fishing boat. And then later on that, that boat, we went out to go fishing, and I remember sitting there watching him, and he had a throw net, the Japanese, uh, Hawaiian throw nets. They stand on the front of the boat, and they throw a fishing net out, you know? And so he was up on the front of the boat with his net, and he threw the net out, and then he continued to go off the boat <laughs> with the net into the water head first, and I'm like, oh my God, Grandpa's dead, he's gone! And then he pops up, and he's just laughing, 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 laughing his head off. And then we started laughing, and fortunately, it was only like this deep, so he didn't drown. But it was the funniest thing. I love those fishing trips. Now, Grandma, she used to work at the Honolulu Bookstore which in her retirement because she loved children, and she was the queen of the children's book department at the Honolulu Bookstore in the Ala Moana Shopping Center in Hawaii. And all the kids would come in there, parents with their kids, and she would pride herself on picking out the perfect book for your child. And she also, I think, loved the art that's in children's books so much, being an artist. So she just loved that. And I remember 
Every weekend at Grandma and Grandpa's house, there were people. Friends, relatives, somebody was there. They were making dinner, making lunch, celebrating with friends. And if they weren't, they were off at an art show where she was trying to sell her art. And Grandpa would be there making frames for her. And he was her most dedicated advocate salesman, of course, to sell her work for her at these art shows. And it was an amazing, amazing experience for us to be able to be along with this, this ride as, a, as children growing up. And it wouldn't be till 57 years later that I would reflect back onto what it is that grandma and grandpa actually embodied that I did pick up on. And that was two things we're going to talk about a bit today. It's ikigai and moai. They lived it and they embodied it. We'll talk more about that, what that means. Meanwhile, about 90 years ago, uh, 4,777 miles away from Hawaii, off a little island of Japan called Okinawa, there was a woman, there's a picture of her up there, Gozei Shinzata, and Shinzata-san, uh, at the time she was interviewed, was 104, still spry, energetic, lively, hanging out with her friends. And one of the cool things about this place in Okinawa is it's in the blue zone. It's one of the top places in blue zones, which we'll talk about that in a sec. But her daily life would be something like this. Well, first of all, when she was five years old, she was introduced to four other children who in her community became her moai. And your moai is the group of people that you stick with for life. A lot of these, almost everyone in Okinawa has a moai, and they all participate in them throughout their entire life. Some of them have been together 100 years because there are more centenarians here in Okinawa than anywhere else in the world, especially the women, who, which is people at over 100 years old. So can you imagine being with the same group of friends for 100 years? That's incredible. So they get together every day and they support each other. Now what this moai is intended to do is to give them a support group, people they can depend on in times of trouble. When her husband died 46 years ago, can you imagine outliving your husband by 46 years, how hard that would be? Her moai was there to support her, encourage her, and keep her going. They put money into the moai as a, as a group thing. Some of it's used for parties and celebrations and dances and, you know, barbecues, whatever. But the money is also used to help when somebody's having financial hardship. So they know they can turn to their moai if they're really down in the dumps, and there'll be people there to support. Powerful. It's powerful. A hundred years. Can you imagine that? So they're assigned a moai when they're children, and they grew up together, and they live together, and they always support each other. So her typical day is she'll get up in the morning, have some tea, do her prayers, go out to her garden. Almost 100% of the older residents in Okinawa have their own garden that they tend to every day. Get their own vegetables that they grow. So she's a typical day, go out to her garden, clean up, do whatever she does in the garden, gather some vegetables, gather some shiitake mushrooms, some greens, some carrots, take it inside, put it into her, her pot with her homemade miso, and she starts making her miso soup with her fresh vegetables. And while that's cooking, she'll get up and she'll go and clean around the house. She'll wipe the windows. And you know where Japanese eat? On the floor. You know what that's good for? 
well, maybe, but they're getting up and down. All day long, over and over, they're getting up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And this is part of another important factor, which is constant daily movement. Not hard exercise, constant movement of your body, doing, working, being a carpenter, working in the yard, gardening is really big for the, for the Okinawans. So her typical day, she makes this stuff, then she maybe she'll go and watch TV, she loves baseball, so she'll watch baseball games on TV, uh, maybe listen to some music, and then of course, her friends from her Moai stop by to hang out and shoot the shit. Oop, sorry, shoot. <laughs> to talk, story, woo, they talk, they party. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> and they hang out together. They hang out together. Maybe they'll have a glass of sake in the afternoon before going to bed. And when she sits down to eat her meal, she practices one other important thing, which is harahachibu. Harahachibu means, it's a, it actually comes from Confucius, and it's a saying that reminds her to stop eating when she's 80% full. One of the keys to their health and longevity is don't stuff yourself. Harahachibu. And they say it, and there's another saying in Japan, in Japan it's itadakimasu, which is roughly like, thank you for the food. So you could say harahachibu, itadakimasu, and begin your meal. And that reminds you, just eat till you're 80% full, and you're good. You don't need to stuff yourself. Secret to healthy life. Kind of crazy, right? So, let's talk about, because Okinawa is one of these blue zones. Now, they're not, this is not the only blue zone. You guys have heard of blue zones, I'm sure, before. There are, well, if you haven't, good. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Okinawa, um, Sardinia in Italy. Uh, there's actually, a, uh, in Loma Linda, California, a group of Seventh-day Adventists actually form a big part, and there's a reason why the Seventh-day Adventists are living longer in this blue zone. Um, Costa Rica, and there's a lot, there's others, but these are the top five, I think, or four, and Okinawa at one point was the top for the longest living, healthiest, and not only healthy and long living, but actively living well, well into their 90s and over 100. That's what we want, not just to live, like, I don't really particularly want to live that long, but I want to live healthy and happy as long as I do. That's, that's just me. Okay. So let's talk about these blue zones. And the cool thing is that you might think, oh, I got to be Okinawan to live to be over 100 years old. They've, through their research with the blue zones, they've figured out that only 20 to 30% of our longevity is genetic. The rest of it is lifestyle, which gives us good, uh, good advantage here because we, can, we have a 70% chance of making things better for ourselves, right? Okay, so this is a, a little circle of the things they found the most important in these blue zones. And we're going to really, I'm going to go through them real quick, but I'm going to focus on two. The morai and the ikigai, which are big components of these blue zones. So first of all, uh, the daily movement. Daily, moderate activity, you don't have to work out hard, you don't have to be an athlete, but you got to move your body. Move your body. And that can mean sitting on the floor to eat, getting up constantly all day long, so you're using your legs, climbing upstairs. You know, I think we make a mistake sometimes in, in our culture is that we want to design our retirement homes and things so we don't have to move. Like everything's single level, we, you know, we don't have to even lift our leg to get over a doorstep, which is great, but 
that maybe is encouraging us not to move into our old age. There's no reason we can't be moving our bodies, be agile up until 100 years old. There's no reason. We're just not used to doing it. So design your day so that there's movement. And a lot of times that means not using um, automated machinery when you can use your hands, you can use your legs, you can do whatever you want to do, but do it manually, okay? The next one is Ikigai. And we're going to talk more about that. And the, really the essence of Ikigai is why do you get up in the morning? Are you following your heart? And there's a lot more to that, so we'll talk about that. We'll come back to that. Next thing in the blue zone is reducing stress, and they do this through prayer, meditation. Uh, in Okinawa, they have a big uh, part of it is, is remembering ancestors, so paying tribute to ancestors, and social time. In Sardinia, they gather in the squares, and they gather in the, in the, in the uh, little courtyards to have evening, um, they actually have a wine that's like three times better than any other wine. I don't know why, but it's something special about it, so I'm going to try to get some of the Sardinian wine. Uh, but anyway, they hang out, and they drink wine, and they talk, and they chat, and they have a great time. In Okinawa, they have their moais, and all the other blue zones, they have a dedicated commitment to getting together and finding ways to reduce stress. For us, it could be prayer and meditation. It's a big part of unity, right? Prayer and meditation. Okay? Hara-hachi-bu, the 80% rule. Don't eat to your stuffed, eat to just below being stuffed. It's kind of a weird concept. Actually, it's very weird for me, and I'm working on this. <laughs> and I would suggest that as we go through these, look at these and see which one of these can you improve upon. And you may want to write that on one of your blank cards if you, one sticks out to you like, ooh, I don't do that very well. Uh, and for me, this is hara-hachi-bu. I like to eat. I really do like to eat, and I like to eat a lot. Yes. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying very hard to just cut myself off at 80%, because I, I understand, and I know it's fact that it's healthier. Okay, they have plant-heavy diets. They don't, some of them are vegetarian, but not, they don't necessarily say you have to be vegetarian, but plant-heavy. Focus, you know, that's the foundation of your diet. Uh, if they eat meat, it's going to be maybe fish or meat one or two times per week which is also something that I love meat, and I love, I love everything. Anything that's food, I like. <laughs> so that's, that's one for me that I'm trying to cut back and get that balance between my fresh veggies and the meats that I like. Okay, wine at five. <laughs> now, if, if you guys are not drinker or you're alcoholics, don't start doing this. You don't need to start <laughs> drinking. Don't go to your AA meeting and say, Kevin said I should have a drink it's one or two times a day with my friends. Uh, no, if you have a problem with it, forget this one. Um, but if you are having a social drink one or two a day at the most with friends, here's the key thing, is you're drinking to be social, to be with people. If you're sitting in your room by yourself on your Xbox having slamming beers, it's probably not healthy. I don't think any of you do that, but I know maybe there's a couple online. I know one or two of you online to do this, so... <laughs> We're talking to you. I know who you are. Uh, <laughs> all right. Enough of that. The right tribe. This is your moai. You need to belong. I want to talk more about this in depth, but we have to belong to a tribe. However you form your tribe, there are many ways to do this, whether you're thrown into it as a child, like in Okinawa, 
and you're stuck with them, but they somehow make them work, or you reach out and find them, or you pull your close friends together, pull them tighter. I want to encourage you guys to pull people tighter, to be needy. Tell people you need them and show up for them when they need you. It's okay, in fact, it's healthy, it's important to have a tribe of people you can count on and they can count on you, okay? They also keep their parents and grandparents nearby. And this is something that's really tough for us, especially in Western societies. We don't live with our parents or grandparents and they're far away and we never see them and this is really sad because studies show that the grandparents not only live longer, healthier, happier lives, but the children in the homes where grandparents are present live happier, more balanced, healthy lives. It's a scientific fact. And yet, we've, we've just all but stopped doing that in America, which I think we need to do something about that, maybe. Okay, here's the other big one. Have faith. Faith meaning some sort of spiritual practice and connection. They've shown that if you attend some sort of a faith-based service four times a month, which is what we're doing here monthly, uh, weekly, uh, it adds four to 14 years of life expectancy. Isn't that crazy? I mean, they, they, this Blue Zones people is not some fly-by-night research. I mean, they, have, this is, they work with National Geographic and some of the best doctors on health and longevity in the world put together a team to do all these studies and they somehow they figured this out but I thought that was kind of amazing just knowing that being part of a faith community and it doesn't they didn't say anybody had to join and be a Baptist Seventh-day Adventist a Unitarian or a unity it doesn't matter but you got to believe in something and you got to stick to it and you got to go to it and you got to do it and practice practice it all right so the two that we want to really focus on because I think they're foundational is the belonging, the faith, which also includes our moai, and your ikigai, which is your, your purpose. So, ikigai is, can be loosely translated as a reason you get up in the morning. So maybe just, just think about that for a second. What, when you wake up in the morning, is there something that pops in your mind that you're like, I'm excited about this today. This is why I want to get out of bed today. Does that resonate with you? You can just think about it. And one of the, the um, interesting things is that there's a misconception, and it's kind of, I think, a dangerous misconception. It's people, especially Westerners who have studied Ikigai, tend to lump it together with your profession. It's like, okay, you got to find what you love and you got to make a living out of doing it, otherwise you're a failure. And I think that's, that's a rough estimation of it, but it's not true. Your ikigai does not have to be your profession. You don't have to even make money at it. It's great if you do, but you do not have to. And I think that's the problem that a lot of us have in feeling lost is that we think, well, I love to do this, but I'm not making any money at it. I'm not going to do it anymore. And I've got this job that it's not satisfying to me. So I'm a failure. I'm not happy. I'm not living my dream. And that's not true. You can have ikigai in very simple things. It can be the way you 
think about your children in the morning, the little ones, the way you get up and look forward to doing art that day, creating something beautiful, to gardening. What do you love to do? Think about it. I want you to write some things down in a minute here, but we'll get to it. One of the things that... Um, one second here. Make sure the slide's queued up. One of the things that helps to identify your ikigai is to become present. And being present in Japanese, there's a term that I, I found that I find the closest thing is ichigo ichie, which means one time, one encounter. Think about that. Every person. Every moment, everything you see is only going to happen that one time ever in that same way. Ichigo, ichie. And if you approach people, acquaintances, people you meet, experiences, the flowers that are blooming in your garden, with that attitude that, ah, ichigo, ichie, this is the one and only time I will ever see this this way. It really helps to deepen your appreciation for being present in the here and in the now. This is a, a great quote. Earl Nightingale, as I, I was digging into that, I've read tons of books on the Ikigai, and, and it's so funny how you start to dig in and they'll lead you, you know, like you, re, you read about it and they say, oh, this book, and you jump to that, and you read that book, and you're like, ah, oh, an even better message, and then you read that, and then you're like, oh, they mentioned this, and you're like, oh, an even better message, and you're, at the end of it, you're like, Wait, I know all this stuff. <laughs> I just haven't been doing it. Okay, so one of the things that I think was this, this guy, Earl Nightingale, which I hadn't even heard of, but he was uh, one of these inspirational thought leaders way back in the, in the 40s, I believe. 56, I think he wrote this. Um, Success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal, which is really powerful if you think about it, but I actually transpose that a little bit, and I think it's, that happiness is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. What does that mean? Is that you are working towards something good all the time. And now that puts a lot of, a lot of uh, takes some weight off your shoulders because you don't have to find that big goal. You just got to start working towards it. And once you start working towards it, when you know what that goal is and you're moving and you're making progress, you're waking up each morning and you're embracing, I'm excited about today because I'm going to work a little bit towards this goal or this thing that I love, that becomes your basis for happiness, not the fact that you actually reach this goal because we never actually reach our ultimate goal, do we? Buddha even said, <laughs> now, if you don't listen to me, listen to Buddha, all right? Your purpose in life is to find your purpose and give your whole heart and soul to it. So simple. And if you don't really like Buddha that much, well, uh, this other guy said, Dan Buechner, who's founded the Buddha, he says, knowing your sense of purpose is worth up to seven years of life expectancy. So here we add this seven years to the other five or ten years, and uh, healthy getting up and down, you know, I'm adding a ton of years to your life right here. All you got to do is do something, right? All you got to do is do something. So let's, let's write some things. 
If you take your card, your ikigai, I want you to write down and think in as few words as possible, what brings you joy? Make a first line on the back of your card, on the card that says, my ikigai. What brings you joy? Whatever comes to your mind, the first thing that comes to your mind. And if that, what you wrote there was a person, place, or a thing, like my grandkids, my children, um, visiting this particular place, that's fine. But I want you to add one more thing to the next line that is not a person, place, or thing. What brings you joy? And it's okay if you have both. You can have both. So if you wrote the other way around, the second one can be, Maybe a person, a person type. Being around this type of person maybe brings you joy. Can you be so brave? I know my wife hates it when I ask her to write goals and things down because she's like, I don't want to commit. Because what if I don't do it, then I'm a failure. I'm just putting words in her mouth. I'm just teasing, honey. You know I love you. <laughs> now maybe write on the back of that card your biggest dream that you can think of that would make you so happy. It doesn't have to be realistic. It doesn't have to make any money. It has to be something like, if, if I could do this, I could be this, I could see this, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. We need to be just putting down something as your goal. And the idea for these exercises is to think about what progress can I make towards this goal each day, no matter how small and to remind yourself, am I including, am I doing some of what makes me totally, purely joyful every single day? No matter what your job is, no matter what your profession is, if your if if ikigai is, I'm getting up to go to work at Safeway and I am gonna serve the best tacos. Do they serve tacos at Safeway? <laughs> I don't think they do. <laughs> Chinese food. And it's going to be with a smile, and I'm going to make people happy. That is a beautiful ikigai. And it may be a concept. Some of the people I, I read and interviewed talked about ikigai as, I want to empower people to better themselves. And I really related to that because that's been my career, mostly is teaching photography and workshops and helping to inspire and empower photographers to be better and to make more money and to just be happier people. And I felt like I've been successful at that. And for a long time, I related to that as my ikigai was. I just want to empower people to be better versions of themselves. So that could be yours. Okay? Now we're going to talk about Moai. And the reason we're going to really dig onto this one is because we have the makings of an amazing Moai right here. You're sitting in it. 
and this was actually one of the things that I got really excited about researching and thinking about this is here at Unity, we have a beautiful foundation for a Moai. We have it for many people. It is their Moai. And for some of us, we haven't fully embraced it yet. And that's okay because it's here. It's still here. It's here for you. And you know, there's something really interesting in the studies that they did on the blue zones and such. They found out that you become like the three people, your three closest friends that you hang out with. You know, you know, you know the saying, right? You are what you eat. <laughs> you are, you will become like the three closest friends that you have or the three people you hang out with most. So are they inspiring? Are they pushing you to be your best self or are they dragging you down? Is your community inspiring you, raising you up, or making you feel guilty, worthless, dragging you down? I don't know. But you need to think about that because the most powerful thing is who you surround yourself with, what you surround yourself with. This is your moai. This is the key to lifelong happiness and health. So write on your card, and it doesn't, if the person's maybe sitting next to you and you don't want them to see, you can turn it away. Let's not write anything negative. We're not going to write like, I don't want this person in my life. Let's write what and who, what type of person or who. Maybe there's a person you want more of in your life. Write it down. Or maybe the person sitting next to you, you just, you just absolutely believe, like I do, that my wife Claire is one of my deepest, most important people in my life, and I would want more of her. And I have other friends I would like more of. And you can write that down. But until we identify it, now here's the thing with changing all these things is you have to identify what it is. So if you don't identify what you're happy about, what your ikigai is, you're not going to make any progress towards putting more of that in your life. Identify it. What is getting in your way from fully realizing your ikigai? Somebody tell me, what's getting in your way? What is stopping you right now? What stops most of us from fully embracing and living our ikigai? Right. Fear and doubt. That's a great one. Where does the fear and doubt come from? Money? Who said money? Russell? Okay. Money? Belief in societal limitations. That's good. Anybody else? And all of these actually point to one thing. Bingo. Who said that? All right. Do I have any money? I don't have any. <laughs> you can have this flute. This beautiful flute is your gift for that perfect answer. There you go. <laughs> Donna's like, Argh. I know she's gentle, Donna. She's, it's, she's part of your moai. You've got to trust her. That's it. Yourself. All of these things come from yourself. You are stopping you from being happy, or you are making, allowing yourself to be happy Nobody else, nothing else. People find their moai in the most desolate of circumstances. We've heard stories of Viktor Frankl, you know, you guys know all about that in the, in the concentration camps. They find their moai in the worst situation, so we have no excuse. 
Uh, but we have excuses, yes, we do have excuses, but we shouldn't be... Nothing's valid. It's all up here. So on your little card now, let's write. What is... What do you believe is stopping you from embracing your moai, your community, your friends more? We can write on the same card. The idea of us writing these things is for you to be thinking and putting down into words because what I'd like you to do with your ikigai card is to keep it in a place that you can look at it every day to remind yourself what is important. And this is what I've started doing is putting something, uh, we have stickers on our mirrors at home in the bathroom. <laughs> we have, I have my little inspirational things that remind me every day all the time what I need to be working and focusing on. And that, again, as we come to wrap things up in a little bit, I'll, I, will, I will reveal what worked for me through this process, okay? What works for you? Another great quote, Washington Burnap. I hadn't heard of him, but he actually became a Unitarian minister in 1828. Uh, he had the beautiful thing to say that the grand essentials to happiness in this life are something to do, something to love, and something to hope for. It has nothing to do with reaching a goal, becoming somebody or something. All it is is you got something to do, you got something and someone, some people to love, and something to hope for, a goal. And as long as we got that, we're on the right track. Don't be let down by the fact that your goals are too lofty because it doesn't really matter. If you're doing something fun towards that goal every day, you're golden. We're golden. Together. When I look at unity and all of the opportunities we have, I want you to write on one card that's blank. I would love for you to write, now this is my chance to do a little market research here, what can unity do for you to make it more feel like you're moi? What can we offer What can we be? Is it more small group programs? Is it more, uh, more support in certain areas? We, have, we already have resources. It's, we've talked about the food, good healthy eating. We have two amazing chefs that I know of. We have Suzanne, who's got a book, uh, a recipe book, and she makes the most delicious healthy food. We got Chef Al. Where's Chef Al today? There's Chef Al, our vegan chef. We've got amazing resources here, people. They can be helping us. They can be helping our Moai eat healthier, live healthier. We've got Reverend Jane. We've got inspirational people all around. How, tell us, how can we serve you better? And these are going to be anonymous cards that you're going to drop in the basket, and I guarantee you 100% we will read every single one, and if there's something we can do about it, we will. I'm going to pass them to Reverend Jane. I'm going to sit down on top of her, and I'm going to make her read those. <laughs> and I'm not letting her up until she commits to doing something about it. All right, so please, give us some ideas. How can we be a better Moai for you? How can we make this unity feel like the place you want to come to that you can trust people, you can share, you can confide, you can ask for help when you need it? Because I'm, I, I know the insides of this organization, and I know one thing for sure, we want to be that for you. We want to be able to help and support and connect 
Everybody that I know that is a leader in this organization wants that. So help us do that. Just write it down and put it in that basket, okay? It's anonymous, you can write whatever you want. Honesty pays, okay? What is standing in your way? You. One of the things I found that was kind of amazing is that as I started to work on this and studying Ikigai and, and all these little things, the process, the process of uncovering why I was unhappy made me happy. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It just started to, like, all these flowers started to bloom. Oh, yeah. I need to take more walks. I need to call a friend. I need to, I need to confide in somebody. I need to maybe eat a little better this afternoon. Maybe I need to think harahachibuk. All these things. But the process of discovering why I was unhappy made me happier. And that is kind of a cool, cool thing because what do we think? Unity principle number three. Anybody, can anybody recite it? You can look on the board and recite it. I create my experiences by what I choose to think and what I feel and believe. Hello. My, my focus was, why am I so unhappy? Why am I going downhill? Why am I feeling depressed again? I thought I was over this stuff. Why, why, why? I'm so unhappy. I'm going down the hill. Why, why? <laughs> That's what I was focusing on every day. And then as soon as Reverend Jane gave me this, this stupid talk to do, I had to start <laughs> looking at, shoot, why do people make themselves happy? How do people make happy? Where are the people in the world the most happiest? Ah, fine, I'll look at it up. And then I was like, oh, getting happier. <laughs> ah. Imagine that. Taking the steps, taking the journey, Looking for what makes you happy will actually make you happy. That is a really amazing concept. But if you get in your own way and don't allow yourself to let go of all your bad habits, because everything you are today, the good and the bad, is because of some habit that you built and followed and did, right, throughout your life. So if you're not happy right now, it's due to something that you have embedded in you that you have built up and used throughout your life. And the hardest thing is to let go of that. Release. That's the next most important thing here is release. Releasing everything you thought you knew about what makes you happy. If you're not happy, if you're totally happy right now, then forget it. You're good. <laughs> Otherwise, it's release. And also the other key to happiness is releasing and allowing yourself to be content with where you are and at the same time trying and wanting to be better. That sounds paradoxical, doesn't it? Like being content exactly where you are and wanting to be better. That's happiness. You can't say, I hate who I am and I want to get better. Eee, that ain't going to work. You got to find the means to come, become content. Be okay, release, let it go, whatever it is that says you're not okay as you are. I'm good and I'm going to get better. And that's really hard because we've been trained, we've been programmed throughout our life to think totally different. This guy is pretty cool. A man is a product of his thoughts and what he thinks he becomes. 
You know what's amazing is when you start to do research on all these things, you start to look at all the different religions and what their thought leaders have taught and said from Confucius and beyond up until Jesus and beyond and Gandhi and then up to Wayne Dyer and modern people, they all say the same thing. All, every freaking success book you will read will tell you your thoughts create. You whittle it down, that's the most important message in almost every single book. I would even say the Bible. I haven't read the entire Bible, but I know Jesus had some pretty good quotes about that too. Your thoughts create. So if you're focusing on why I'm sucking right now, why am I not happy right now, you will get more of that. And that's just this downhill slope. As soon as you decide, or Reverend Jane tells you, you've got to do a talk about being happy, so (laughs) get on it, girl. You're going to start looking at those things that make you happy, and you will become more happy. It just takes the effort to start walking, to start doing your atomic habits. That's another great book from James Clear, Atomic Habits, which is building little habits one at a time until you're all on a totally new trajectory. Really important. I've used that in my life a lot to make changes. My exercise, my morning routine is to get up, do my yoga and stretching, exercise, do prayer, meditation, drink some green tea, sit, meditate, journal in my book, and I do that every single day, and it's a habit I had to build because it wasn't easy to actually stick to it. But I do it every morning, even when I'm stressed out and I don't think I should be doing anything I do. All right, so let's take one more quick look at this pyramid of these things from the blue zones, but in a different perspective now where the foundation is at the bottom and that's what we've been talking about so the top of this pyramid is moving naturally you have your right outlook prayer meditation things to reduce stress right you have your eating habits your eat drink be merry harahachibu 80 percent and the foundation not the least important but the most important the foundation of all of this is connection through spirituality and your moai this This is our Moai. And I want to ask you, and if you want to write this on one of your cards too, this is only for you, what else can you be doing to contribute to a Moai? Whether it's just being there mentally, committing physically. You've heard the saying, if you want more friends, be a better friend. Right? If you want abundance in your life, help somebody else out. Give more. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a law. There's a give and take. There's no way you can just take and never give. So what can you do for your moai, for your unity moai, to contribute to this dream? I have a dream. Thank you, Donna, for bringing that, that reference here. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King I, I would like to borrow his saying for a moment. I have a dream that this unity will be the start of a beautiful community, a moai that puts us into the top of the blue zones one day. So that when we research the blue zones, you'll see Bend, Oregon, and the unity community has this amazing moai. of healthy, long-living people. And that's, that's my dream. 
And so for me, really, it was discovering that this was in the last sentence, in the last paragraph of the last book that I read in my research for this topic was where my answer was to why I was getting happier. It's that ikigai is the action we take in pursuit of happiness. And the beautiful thing about this is that anybody can do this. You don't have to have this lofty goal. You just got to take some action towards it. And if you do a little bit every day, you feel that satisfaction, you become happier. And that happened. It happened for me. And it was sort of like up until a week ago, as I was preparing, I was still thinking, what is it? I don't get it. I still feel sucky. And then all of a sudden, it was like all the, all the things started to click. And it started to change and turn around and enliven me. Happiness is the action we take in the pursuit of happiness. I have a, I put on here my tenets of Ikigai. This is sort of taking everything that I've learned from others and putting it into what I've experienced and what I've used throughout my life to bring me to this point. I may not be perfect yet. Claire may tell you different. <laughs> uh, I tried. Um, but these have worked, and this really summarizes what I've learned and discovered through my own trial and error, my own processes, my own study into uni ministry, through reading about Ikigai and everything else, and all the things from the Blue Zones have put together that this is sort of like my go-to list that I post now on my wall and remind myself every day, and you're welcome to take a picture of it, and actually I can provide this whole thing, a little download for you if you guys want to kind of review some of the, the things that we talked about, make it easier for you, I'll post it on the, um, the Unity website, okay, and just download it. And um, so I hope this is helpful for you guys, and if you will honor my dream, not for me, but for you, to make this community the most beautiful moai we can possibly make it, I think we're all going to live longer, happier lives. Thank you. Thank you.